Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Lotus Seaters, episode 804 for today, Tuesday the 12th of December 2023. I am your host, Connor, joined by Harry and Dan. Hello, Hello chaps. How are you feeling, fellas? Top notch. And uh, before we get into it, I'd just like to announce the winner of the top fan competition, who is... There was a top fan competition? Yes, Dragonhawk. So Dragonhawk, get in touch because you've won dinner with me. Uh, we can then we can go to a McDonald's, then we can plait each other's hair and uh, maybe go to one of those little selfie booths and get some photos together. So get in touch, you lucky winner. Dan, I know that you were just hawking the chat. Was it just that, what was his name? Dragon Dragonhawk, yes, top Dragonhawk. fan. Top fan. Was, was he the only one being nice about you? No. No, no, somewhat the opposite, actually. But anyway, oh, get in touch. Okay. Top fan. Right, Top fan. well, anyway, uh, past Dan's <laughs> femininity and fragile ego, today we'll be discussing BBC Pigeon. Uh, if Taylor Swift is a psyop or not, I can't wait for that one. And no, these books aren't banned, despite what you might commonly hear. But before yeah. we kick off with today's news items, I just want to draw your attention to later, if you haven't already purchased a ticket to this, there will be an event with Cole and Andrew Bridgen, and they're discussing challenging the narrative, especially on things like vaccine mandates and the like. It's in London. I think they haven't announced the venue yet because of security reasons, but if you aren't already going, there might be still time to sign up. So go and enjoy that. Link's down in the description. But without further ado, Dan, would you like to tell us about BBC Pigeon? Yes, without further as I find this. Oh, here we go. Right, okay. So... <laughs> Yes, yeah, so as we approach the end of the year, it, it causes one to be introspective, doesn't it? So to look back on uh, you know the year that was. And I'm reminded of when I first started here at the Lotus Eaters. I was given some advice by one of the presenters. I forget which one now, so excuse me for that. But um, they, they said to me, Dan, what you should do is when you do a segment, you should include links from authoritative sources because it makes it look a bit more professional. Now, I had a bit of hubris. And my response to that was no. I don't give a toss what some 22-year-old BBC journalist says. If I say it, it's authoritative, right? So I'm not, I'm not having any of that. However, that was probably a bit haughty, wasn't it? Now, hubris is one of the seven sins, isn't it? Right, yes. Yes, there we go. It was, so, the, it was, the, it was the, the queen of all vices, and now it's the vice of all queens. Right, okay. Uh, don't get the reference. But anyway, so I, I have been thinking about... How can I make up for this? So what I did is I went to the BBC and I tried to find something that I actually genuinely liked there. Um, and by God, did I find it. Well, I'm not surprised because the headline you've got up at the moment is drugs, girlfriends and escorts. <laughs> so this is a report about you, I assume. <laughs> so I found BBC Pigeon. Have you discovered this site yet? Yes. yes we're not boomers. We're aware of things. We've mentioned it a few times. <laughs> and Local fact, man discovers BBC Pigeon. <laughs> and in fact, I think there's a few articles that you've included here that we've actually spoke about before. Oh, right. Well, they're going to get a second outing then because <laughs> this, this site is absolutely masterful. I've, I've come to the... Because I used to think that the BBC should be closed down. I'm now of the view that everything except BBC Pigeon should be closed down. This, this should be... <laughs> Only first-class yes. pigeon journalism for Dan. Thank you very much. This, this is, is what our tax money should be Yeah, this be is funding. why the licence fee just went up. I'm, I'm assuming this segment's in honour of Benjamin Zephaniah recently dying, because his poetry reads basically the same. <laughs> Oof. Right. right. So, anyway, I've, I've got a selection of stories for you. Um, let's let's start with this one. So this is this is a recent story about Hunter Biden entitled "Drugs, Girlfriends, Escorts, Tax Plus Oda Accuse America President Sunday Face." 
didn't quite follow that. But anyway, um, me neither. Well, perhaps we can pick up some context clues from the rest of the article if you've included anything from that. Well, I, 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 I'll read. I'll read you sort of the key extracts from this because it does actually. It does actually get to the meat and the bones of the issue. So it, it really sort of. So this in. is some genuine hard hitting journalism. Yes. Well, no, no, it, it is actually. So they they report the fifty six page charge sheet accuses. AM say dodgy payments of 1.4 million in taxes from 2016 to 2019, and he fund extravagant lifestyle that the current presidents uh, no day accused of wrongdoing, and them no mention in name for the latest indictment. So, they, so the word they was a problem, but extravagant wasn't. Yes. So, so, so what? I'm sorry. Who's who's the target audience for BBC Pigeon again? Is this? Intended, oh, right? Is this intended for some kind of um, politically aware mental hospital? Oh no! Oh, God no, Harry! Don't say that. No, 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 no. This is this, this. I think that this targets not only West Africa, but 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 pidgin English is supposed to be for uh, basically anybody who has English as a second language and isn't that good at it and is just sort of making do. So and makes up words as they go along. Yes, but basically, it's for any multicultural society that has been nested in a in a sort of English speaking. <laughs> so channel. what I'm learning is multicultural London English as we go along. Well, what you're basically reading, Harry, is the future. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I know no one can see a dentist these days because of the NHS waiting list. But if you've ever had your tongue numbed, this is how most people sound. So. If you ever wanted to narrate articles, I suppose just do all the ketamine that Rory definitely doesn't have stashed under his desk. And I said definitely doesn't. Oh, right, Don't yes. worry, for legal reasons. Yes. And, and then you'll, just, you'll get paid like John Crow does narrating our wonderful articles on the website. Yes. Yeah, yes, we should do the pigeon, shouldn't we? In fact, I'm going I'm to get ChatGPT to translate some of our top, top articles and repost them. But anyway, <laughs> let's, let's finish <laughs> the Hunter Biden. It's got some interesting details, I didn't know. The Yale-educated lawyer defaced up to 17 years in prison if he day guilty, I didn't actually know that Hunter Biden was Yale educated lawyer. I mean, I guess he must have done something before going on these benders. But yeah, it turns maybe out maybe that's gets, where he got all his energy experience. Uh, yeah, it turns they out he gets got, straight to the point with pigeon. Yes, um, the indictment shows how Hunter Biden reaped one substantial income, weighed the amount more than Dan seven million between 2016, uh, 2016 and twenty twenty. Dem pay most of the money to one business account he created for him company, Awaska PC, and Dem also allegedly channeled through one de company, Wadey name Shant Killis, where he got 75% stake. You know the joke of they're going to get Ryan Gosling to play Martin Luther King or Black Panther? I think we should get Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, got the appropriate gravitas. I, I think I could substitute Ryan Gosling in most things, to be honest. Dan is Denzel Washington is Hannibal. Yes. I, now, I would love to see the recreation of the I Have a Dream speech with Dan in a dressing gown. <laughs> it's, no, it's traditional dress. The dressing, dressing gowns? Gown. Yeah, no, they are. That's, you're, you're thinking of the proper traditional dress. No, I was thinking of... Like, lowering the tone. smoking. Come on, this is a serious segment. Right, um, hang on. So, uh, oh yeah. So your point about how they sometimes drop into... Um, it's like it's all like really toned down, and then all of a sudden it will get like a bit complicated. So, so I mean, here's an example of that. Hunter Biden, day for one business relationship with CFC China Energy, one energy group conglomerate. Again, conglomerates. Yes, not a problem, but him is an issue. Yes, Dem promised to give one billion from the deal with CFCC Associate State Energy. Hunter Biden been do business with Chinese equity fund. 
it's strange actually how you're getting a slightly less filtered version of the narrative from BBC yes. Picture. If you look past the borderline wrinkleless brain version of English, yeah. they are being honest about how much money he was taking from foreign corrupt energy firms well, and maybe swirling it away to 1984. To the, the, there's a whole thing in there about how they're trying to lower the complexity of the language to make court crime illegal. Hmm. But presumably it also makes covering up bullshit Action harder. crime. Yeah. Yes. Because they can't do it with the flowery language. The President Stun, Start the Work for Ukrainian Private Energy Company, Verismas Holding Limited, with the starting salary of one million. Hunter Biden been telling BBC E-Day hire serve on the energy board because Burisma see his name as gold. Dan, yes. is this entire segment just you reading random news articles and a funny accent? Yes. When's right. this article from? BBC Pigeon. Right, no, no when? <laughs> when is it from? Oh, I don't know. This, this was a recent one. I've got, I've, got oh, okay. some, I've got some other ones anyway. So this is breaking news. Yes, yes. I, I, and, and now I, now I want to get to the, Africa, now I want to get to the spicy <laughs> bit. The indictments say the president's son allegedly spent money on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury cars, hotels, clothing, plus other items of personal nature. In short, everything but the taxes. So again... You know, it's cutting straight to the number of it. I quite like well, this. Honestly, I prefer it to that horrible journal writing style yes. that some like the Atlantic like to do where yes. you start off the article. They don't actually get into anything here. I was sitting around at the local cafe <laughs> swirling, my mar- yeah. uh, swirling my ca- uh, cappuccino oh, no, or something. I, I, I want to be very clear. I'm not mocking this. I genuinely do like it. Could have fooled me. Yes, no, this no, this is this is my now go-to. This is on Dan's reading comprehension level, so he's really <laughs> chuffed. Payments include eleven thousand five hundred for one escort, weighed in pay to spend two nights with them. Is that now, I'm a... quite impressed by that. I was gonna say you'd know, is that a good rate? Well, eleven thousand five hundred <laughs> for two nights. I mean what, what did she do in those two nights? Because I don't think sticking your rear end in the air oh. for thirteen minutes at a time every couple of hours justifies what was that? Let's say she got there at seven and left at eleven on the following night. I wish there the was our following smoke. night, but one. That's three hundred pounds an hour. That's lawyer money. I mean, maybe maybe she, she was giving him legal advice. Well, it's possible because apparently, apparently, a lot of girls substitute their their university. <laughs> Listen, none of the other lawyers can help. Do you know anything about yeah, my? Maybe, issue? maybe she's at Harvard undergrad, undergrad paying off her, her college fees, and she wrote his Burisma settlement agreement. Or oh, something. you went to Yale too? Wow. One woman Ewe got child with amongst these others those he hired. Wait, so he's got a kid with one of them? Yeah, apparently. I think, maybe. Don't As, quote me on that. Well, he goes on BBC Pigeon. No, he, I don't no, he, know. He, he, he has a defence, you see. As he day under the influence of crack cocaine addiction, he claim extensive biz- business travel, we he no get any. So I think that's saying that he was he was too out of it or he was he was somewhere else. So... The kid's not his or something. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't think. Yes. I don't think that's a direct quotation, right? From Hunter <laughs> Biden. I feel like they may have paraphrased that a little bit. Were you expecting much except blank looks from both of us when you planned this? Oh no, I, I, I'm just going to run on this one, right? <laughs> anyway, so this brings me to the best story what? that I could find Earth on the site. The, this one is one we've mentioned before. Have you not? Oh, this, 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 this one is. Um, this, this is this is a story of true romance. This is. This is. I, I believe, if I can summarise this even further, this is what they call Netflix and chill. So, woman want to throw away poo poo, come trap for window. This, this is this is an absolute masterpiece. This is right. 
Woman way take her hand, pack her poo poo, comment the toilet of of man way she day friend because e no grief flush enter troubles after she goes to write to collect the poo poo back. Now this is this is fantastic basically. So I I'll, I'll, I'll skim it, but uh, let me just draw out the oh yeah. We when go. you joined Dan, I thought we were going to get such hard hitting economic yeah. analysis. No, that's coming. No, that <laughs> is coming as well. No, I just I just want I just want to do a quick one on this right. It's, Instead, make the things land garden. The poo poo come jam between two windows. Way day no open wide. The lady decide to carry her thing back. She use her head to enter small space. Way the poo poo bin day, but nay, but but not. So she come up trap for there and trouble starts. <laughs> right. I think your inflections was making. <laughs> now we've even got a photo of of the lovely lady. That's not related to the article. That's also that's here, here we go. go here arms. we go. So, so I think what has happened is that she tried to throw it out the window, but discovered there's like a double window type thing in this student accommodation, and she ended up getting trapped in between the windows uh, with the offending article. Now, this story I didn't see make it onto mainstream media. I wonder why. But BBC Pigeon has it, as well as the Hunter Biden stuff. So you, so you can so see a, a, a wide swath of all of the culturally and politically yeah. relevant material you could ever well, want. When he's got, when he's got everything, he's got the finance stuff as well. I'll show you in a minute. Here we go. He's got this chap, whoever he is. Yeah, Mr. Smith, him uh, no get choice but to call fire service and make them help remove the girl along with her poo poo. Right now, there's a uh, where's the story? Oh, here we go. So this this is this is the origin story. Mr. Smith, right? I go on Tinder, wake up the woman, and we end up in the house. Way I de share the evening whacker nice. We eat for one popular chicken restaurant, drink beer small, and we end up at my house where we continue to day drink and watch movie. And then presumably the um the the, the toileting incident happens. Anyway, so I, I just thought that was good because again, that was completely are you not into this, Connor? No, not in the slightest, Dan. <laughs> right. Well, we, we we move on to the next one. I'll just I'll just go to the bottom because if you don't like that story, you can go to the section which is is Another thing we day for in this story, and then you can read one about the sex door brothel uh, that's that's uh, just open one day and fully booked. And then this one, this is classic BBC. Idiot, why Donald Trump face they show when you type idiot for internet. So that's, that's just the BBC, BBC. Anyway, right. So, uh, now I did promise... That's the same article. I, no, well, it's... There we go. Here we go. So this this is the fight. So they cover everything. They they do finance as well, right? So um yeah, hang on. This is right. So this is pointing out in the first six months of 2023, about thousand people weighed in Japago, Canada. Don do about turn back the own countries. This, according to news by Reuters, <laughs> even though now just a fraction of people entered the country, lawyers and immigration consultants. They warn E rise, E fit make O D people start to we think Canada no better country go. You know you know in you know in Peanuts when Charlie Brown just makes a bunch of <laughs> That's all I'm hearing. Or when Kenny's talking in South Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I'm so confused. I I, I possibly could have practiced right. Right. And Dan, right. You mentioned ketamine. Yes. And uh, I've never taken it myself, yes. but I've been in, in the presence. <laughs> Of a lot of people who've taken it before, right? And there was one time. No, I'm clean. I was in. No, no. 
There was one time I was in a back garden party with somebody who had gotten so high on yes. ketamine that it was incredible. He was speaking in full sentences and was enunciating the words properly, mm. but all of the words in the sentence had been jumbled up. So he would say, hello, how are you? And all of the words would be out of order one and, with one right. another. And I'm really getting that feeling from watching this right now. No, this is a direct... This is, this is a direct it's, a, it's a familiar feeling. I've not seen is, it in a long time. Direct quotation. Arnie, I mean, he was going to give... So this is, this is the sort of story that we've been covering lately. Who they allow to come live for UK? Right. So this is, this is a story about... The oh, this re- is an immigration. Yes. So this, BBC it, Pigeon have been watching Lotus Eaters. Quite, quite possibly. So hang on. So... So they've got all the relevant stats as well. And again, they cut, they really do. So I'm, I'm, I am serious. I like this website because they just cut to the meat and potatoes of it. Dem say for the year, way end June 2023, now 1.2 million people been come UK. Way de far higher than we be thinking. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they, they just get to the nub of it, don't they? Majority of the people will come UK from countries outside the Europe. The latest figures show, say, one million being come from non-EU countries. The top five non-EU nationalities, right? And then it's got a little table. Let's see if we can find the little table. Why did I get out of bed this morning? There we go. So, so this is so basically, it's pointing out, and you know, there's there's a hundred and forty-one thousand Nigerians uh, apparently amongst the one point two million who came here last year. And I think, from what I've read on the BBC, that this is one of the prime audiences right, okay. for, for BBC Pigeon. So you're, yes. you're ingratiating yourself with the culture of your future With our neighbors. new neighbours, yes. Right. Just, just, just saying, look, you know, we, we've got this fantastic resource here on the BBC. You know, make the most of it. Um, and there I was worried you'd phone this segment in. No, no, no. I, I, I can honestly say I did not wake up from the office party last night without a, without a segment and just, just wing it. Right. So, um, big, big, quick call back to this. Um, rest in peace, Britain. This is this is an old Daily Mail article. So actually, this is underselling it. So basically, an Oxford, an Oxford uh, professor and demographic uh, type chap has has basically figured out that um, the, the white British are going to be a minority in their own country by uh, the late twenty fifties. Um, well, it's, not just, it's not just that. It's not this, just this. Felt much more jovial when you were speaking pi- uh, pigeon to me. It's not just white yeah. British. It's the and uh, we've got an interview coming out with the authors of the Ark report soon. But mm. but Paul Morland and Philip Pilkington ran the numbers and they found out that we're actually going to be fifty four percent first generation immigrant by twenty eighty three. So it's not just that this like, white British is gone. It's going to be that people showed up yesterday are going to be the majority. Well, yes, and I, and I worked it through using his numbers, which are probably a bit old because this is an article from 2016 when he did his research, mm. um, and of course immigration has shot up since then. But base, if his if his study at the time was correct, a child born today, by the time they hit their 32nd birthday, um, they're going to be a minority in Britain, right? By the time they turn 32. So um, you know, Labour opened the floodgates, and then the Tories, you know, added pressure jet pressure jets to that. Um, reform, I don't think, are particularly serious. I mean, they threw me out of the party because I advocated for deportations. Did they actually? Yes. You didn't tell us about that. Oh, I mentioned it. <laughs> I think I'd mentioned it. But no, anyway, so they, they came to me and said, would you, like, would you like to be a candidate? I was like, mm, yeah, right then. And, then. and then eventually they read my tweets and they found out that I was pro-deportation for foreign criminals and they threw me out the party. And they said, that's not part of our plank. Yes, Thank right. you very much. Yes. So uh, well, They didn't have a focus I, group for it beforehand, therefore. Are you sure it's not because not. you started posting all of your tweets in Pigeon? 
No, I no, I've only just no, I've only just discovered this. This is this is this is my new favorite. So basically, there's there's nothing that you can do to stop this transformation. You know, it's one of those things. You're not being replaced. Well, you are, but it's a good thing. So anyway, my my advice from all of this is cancel those Mandarin lessons that you're planning planning to get the kids and teach them BBC Pigeon instead. Because well, you're you already know, paying for it anyway. Well, because by the 2050s, it's going to have to be this, isn't it? Because at least you'll get a higher quality of journalism from the BBC. Yeah, but I, I think by 2050s, you could realistically expect, you know, all, all the sort of street signs, all the sort of posters, um, the instruction manuals to be in pigeon. Because, of course, if you've, got a, if you've got a mixture from everywhere in the world, I mean, it makes sense, mightn't it? So I, I, I think this is the future. I've discovered the future. Uh, right now, before I end off, I will mention <clears throat> the merch store. I'm going to do a quick plug for this. Um, Go to the merch store. You can buy stuff. Here's a quote from um, Wellington that says, uh, being born in a stable does not make one a horse. But it can make one a pigeon. Yes. Well, in, in, interpret, interpret what Arthur Wellesley is, is saying um, and, and apply it however you wish. I, I draw no comments on that. Right. Well, just in case you... They've been and just them British and us. Yes. Them born in UK. Right. Well, gents, I've gathered you here today for some important news i've been are you engaged no is it no. finally did she finally return your dms no no un, un, unfortunately i have been unfaithful to billy eilish um <laughs> oh no i have to speak my truth it's a good year to be a swifty because it turns out that taylor swift has won time magazine's person of the year 2023 this is after we all apparently won it in like 2006 or something because everyone was the person of the year back then. We all got a trophy. Very, very nice. Really? So she's won it twice. Well done to her. And I think actually deservedly so. And the reason that I'm talking about this, it might seem a bit left field, is because recently the pro-maga side have decided that Taylor Swift herself and all of her success is an astroturfed psyop that is ahead of the 2024 election to try and get Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama elected. Spoiler alert, no, it's, 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 it's silly and, they, and they, they just kind of get it wrong. But I do think optimistically, perhaps it's just cope, but that Taylor Swift, as of maybe tomorrow, which is her birthday, could be a pro psyop for us without intention. I'm, I'm trying to give us some good news. I'm doing my best. To be honest, I, I, I don't really know who this person is. You don't know who Taylor Swift is? You've got, I, like a, you've got a daughter, don't you? Yeah, but... Does she not listen to... No, she's a bit young. Dan doesn't pay any attention to her. Okay, well, turns out I've I mean, girly I, I, music I have, taste and dance honest, I, ha I have heard the name. No I, I, I couldn't put it to a face because there's there's this one and there's the other one. Was it Miley Cyrus? Or yeah, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yes, Miley that's yeah, actually probably an accurate uh, yeah, characterization yes. by, by this. I just point. want to point out as well. You're right. 2006, we all won Time Person of the Year. So yeah, right. I'm hoping for my, where's my cover feature? Congratulations, the, Harry. Thank you. And congrats to you too. So why did they give it to Putin? In yeah, 2007 was Putin. The year immediately oh, after. Yeah. Well, it's oh, right. not necessarily an endorsement all the time because they did also yeah. give it to Hitler in the 30s. But anyway, point being, Taylor Swift's not Hitler. Um, this puff piece is, there's a lot of fawning framing in here. I mean, I'll just read one of the quotes. And it's this sort of autodidactic writing style that you really don't like. Oh, yeah. Listening to Swift share this story on a clear fall afternoon in her New York City apartment, I'm struck by how satisfying the story is. There are high stakes at the outset, there are details vivid and sensory. There's a twist that flips the action on its head, and there's a happy ending for its hero. It takes only about 30 seconds to recount this, but those 30 seconds contain an entire narrative world. Oh, shut up. I know, it's cringeworthy. But even if you don't like or are totally unaware of her music, I still challenge you to try and listen to Cruel Summer and not sing along with it, but there you go. It's fair to say she's I'll a, take that challenge. She's very good. It's fair to say that she's a, a pretty 
prominent cultural phenomenon, particularly this year. So they, they do write quite, quite fairly in this. Her career retrospective tour, which is the era's tour that's just happened post, post-pandemic, which played 66 states across the Americas this year, is projected to become one of the biggest of all time and the first to gross over a billion dollars. Analysts talked about the Taylor effect as politicians from Thailand, Hungary, and Chile implored her to play their countries. Cities, stadiums, and streets were renamed for her. When Swift started dating Travis Kels, the Kansas City chief and two-time Super Bowl champion, his game saw a massive increase in viewership. Yes, she somehow made America's most popular pastime even more popular. And then there's her critically hailed songbook, a catalogue so beloved that as she releases it, it's often breaking chart records she herself set. She's the last monoculture left in a stratified world. So she's clearly a totemic figure for a certain generation, and she has quite a lot of political and cultural and economic forces swirling around her. I did not realise she was quite that popular. I knew that she was very popular, but I didn't realise she was quite so... Um, quite, quite so popular. So she's genuinely down with the kids. She she rivals the Beatles for how long her albums have charted. But she's mm. that level of successful. And to be fair, right. considering her, because she writes collaboratively, but mostly right. all of her own songs, she's okay. done so without any contemporary references in any of her music. She's revivified the love ballads and things like that. So again, even if you don't like her music, she's got some artistic credibility that's worth acknowledging. Um, there was also a major controversy earlier this year with the Eras tour that had political implications. So. There were like 3.5 million people that tried to buy the tickets on Ticketmaster on day one, and only about 2.4 million, which was already a new record, actually got tickets before the site crashed. And then Live Nation, which is the parent company of Ticketmaster, they cut off the sales. And then it turned out that a bunch of scalping bots had nicked loads of the tickets and were trying to sell them on for like $22,000 each. Ticketmaster, yes. Yeah. And what ended up happening was Taylor Swift leveraged pressure on the Justice Department. So they launched a probe into Ticketmaster and Live Nation. And now, both sides of the Senate have voted on a bill to stop companies like that from allowing scalping bots on their website. So she actually got congressional legislation pushed through. But that's right. But something that actually might be useful for me, because I hate using Ticketmaster and it is a pain in the ass, and the scalping also increases the prices of the tickets most of the time because they buy them all up very quickly. Yeah, totally non-objectionable political position. I, I hope that that ends up getting implemented sensibly. Yeah, who, who knows of whether or not they're actually going to be able to police that. But in terms of should it be something that's done to improve consumer rights? Yeah, totally. Now, the rest of her politics, we wouldn't really agree with it, gents. So I, I watched her Netflix documentary, and this is sort of the time that she started getting into politics after about 2018. Right. And safe to say it's a little bit misinformed. Is this the one with the clip that I see going around on Twitter every so often with her weeping as she's saying that she desperately needs to denounce Donald Trump and, and her on fa- the right side of history. Yeah, and her father and one of her managers is telling her, listen, you're really popular with demographics that overwhelmingly vote for Trump. Basically, you're a pretty blonde white girl. Of course, you're going to have lots of Trump voters who, who appreciate you. So please don't do that because you might cut the market for yourself down by quite substantially. And she was weeping, going, no, no, I have to. It's my moral imperative. You don't understand how Standard I feel. white woman um, assigned opinion set then. Yeah, well, we'll get onto that particular clip later, but having watched the Netflix well, Connor documentary... Connor can fix her. Look, having watched the Netflix documentary, I think it comes more from a place of rather than stage-managed political malevolence like loads of these celebrities do. They trot out, they say the current thing because they want to be in the in-club. Mm. I think it comes from a place of personal insecurity because, so, Antihero came out last year. She's speaking about personal depression, being very self-critical. She's had an eating disorder. She said that growing up being a child star, she always felt a lot of pressure to be liked. And I think this is the new avenue to seek affirmation. Rather than try and please everyone, she needs to be jumping on the current thing to be liked within the in crowd. So it's less that she's like a 
deliberate psyop architect of progressive politics and more that she's a bit personally insecure and she's being pushed but, So your theory might be that she worries that when she attends the big Hollywood glitzy and glamour events, that if she hasn't publicly denounced Donald Trump, that all of her friends might think she's not cool anymore. Yes. That is how it comes across. Have you seen Robert De Niro? Because he's gone mental lately. That They all have. Yes. I mean, Alec Baldwin right before he shot a woman. Yes. So, Wait, what's happened with Robert Downey Jr.? Didn't he go vegan? I mean, he looks... Yeah. No, no, De Niro, not Downey Jr. Oh, oh yeah, De Niro's mental. But that's but yeah. veganism is also a... And when a, you say enormous... she's a child, was, was she one of those Disney girls? No, she wasn't. No, no. You're, you're, you're thinking of Miley Cyrus again. Wasn't she a oh. child pop country star? She was, yeah. She oh. very successfully translated it over. This is why in 2009, when Kanye got up and interrupted her at the... Oh, you know, yeah, that was her that he was interrupting. Yeah, it was kind of brutally sad, actually, looking back at it, because she was 17 and she got major stage fright. And I'm going to defend it... Um, Tanya was totally wrong. Actually, the the music video for "You Belong with Me" was way better than Beyonce's. So, great song. Being a sensible person, I have no opinion on the quality of any of these music videos. Love stories about or what can I say? Speaking of love stories, if you'd like to subscribe to the website for as little as five pounds uh, a month, you can get fantastic content like mine and Dan's discussion on on the most recent episode of Brokenomics yeah. on the economics of the dating market. And I mentioned this as well in conjunction with Taylor Swift because her. Precarious dating life has been a source of inspiration for many of her songs. And it looks like that might be changing and that might be in our favor, even though she might not agree with us on political measures. Now, again, Swift has always been political. In the time that she was holding her tongue, certain section of 4chan tried to claim her, mainly on aesthetic grounds. They thought she might be a, well, <laughs> no, I a secret mid-century German enthusiast. I don't know if you've got the evidence for it, but there does seem to be some evidence that she did used to lurk 4chan. I don't. I know there was evidence that Doja Cat did that, which is quite funny. Well, as well. there's a, a load of old screenshots that get posted around on Twitter every so often of somebody who looks a lot like Taylor Swift, who doesn't show her full face, but from like the nose down sitting around posting pictures of herself on 4chan saying like, oh, I'm just chilling. What are you guys up to? And the background is the exact same as the background, the contemporary to some interviews that she conducted from home as well. Right. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I know there is the fun theory that she's actually the daughter of the high priestess of the Church of Satan. I don't put much stock in that, but they do look remarkably similar from old interviews from the 80s. I'm not joking. Oh, okay. Look it up from home. But I'm not, now, look, I'm, I'm not like a Taylor Swift super fan or anything. It's kind of a lie, actually. But anyway, point being, this is like really scummy journalism from Vice. We shouldn't expect better from Vice, but this is just a, a sheer hit piece. So I think pressure her into start talking about politics. This is part of the reason that nudged her along to say really silly things, like in you need to calm down. Neo-Nazis worship Taylor Swift, a skinny blonde Pennsylvania girl they've labeled an Aryan goddess. Nazis and members of the alt-right have been spreading a conspiracy theory that Swift is a covert Nazi. They claim Swift songs red-pilled America into believing a conservative, racist agenda. Firstly, Taylor Swift is a pure Aryan goddess, like something out of classical Greek poetry. Athena reborn, that's the most important thing, explains Andre Aglin, the writer of the blog The Daily Stormer. It's also ex established that... I think that's an Andrew, I think is his name. Is it? There's no W in the article, but um, it is also established that Taylor Swift is secretly a Nazi and is simply waiting for a time when Donald Trump makes it safer to come out and announce her Aryan agenda to the world. Probably she'll be betrothed to Trump's son and they will be crowned American royalty. I mean, this is obviously a delusional fanfic fantasy. So it sounds like a meme. Yeah. To be fair, she, if she is a covert neo-Nazi, she's probably working for the FBI because I'm convinced about 70% of the neo-Nazis in America are actually FBI agents. Oh yeah, it's the, it's the Bart Simpson meme of say the line, Bart, 
he was known to the federal authorities. Yay! <laughs> well, that's the same with the KKK, same with the Black Panthers yes. from the 1970s as well. Same for pretty much every mass shooter. Now, yes. the other evidence they compile in here, evidence, total BS, is there was a Pinterest account posting Hitler quotes that they were attributing to Taylor Swift, and then BuzzFeed put them in a listicle article falling for it, which is quite funny, really. And then there's a Facebook group called Taylor Swift for Fascist Europe, and it had 18,000 likes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now, the reason she was holding her tongue on politics is because back in the early 2000s, the Dixie Chicks came out against the Vietnam War, and a bunch of people like Bill O'Reilly and, and other news pundits came out and excoriated them for it. They smashed did their you CDs. mean the Iraq War? Did I say? What did I say? You said Vietnam. Oh, sorry. Iraq she, they were a bit late for that one, weren't they? Another of America's stupid, needless invasions, frankly. But so she came out and said, well, I was always advised to not talk on politics and not alienate and upset people, which I think was a, a sensible thing. Then the 2018 midterms came around, and Marsha Blackburn ran for the first female senator of Tennessee. And this is where you get said clip. Yeah, this from is her the Netflix one I see going around. Where she said that she voted against the Violence Against Women Act. She's basically Trump in a wig. I need to be on the right side of history. And it was a tad hysterical. It, 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 it wait, wait, wait. was disappointing. She's, Average 4chan to Tumblr. Type. She, she's <laughs> trying to be on the right side of history by aligning with the Democrats. Yes. And the Democrats were in favor of Jim Crow laws and slavery. Ooh, actually. Well, not even just that. I mean, it, it, it doesn't look great for you to say something like, she got up on stage when she accepted the award recently. Oh, we're pushing for you to vote on the Equality Act, which basically just means that people get equal treatment under the law. And it's like, I think you might have had a very low resolution of reading of that bill, Taylor, because it codifies something like gender identity in the law, which is basically impossible to police because new pronouns get created every single day on TikTok and it's just a legal nightmare. This, this is sad though, isn't it? Because this, yeah. this is a young woman getting emotionally upset about what she reads in the news yeah. because she only consumes like MSNBC and CNN yeah. and she doesn't realize that it's all bullshit. Yeah. And so she gets I mean, if if that if that actually if what they said was actually true, I mean I'd be upset by it as well. So I can't blame her. No, I don't blame her at all. And actually I think it's a real failing of the people that are around her who need to keep her in a psychologically healthy state because she is under intense pressure performing to millions of people in sold out stadiums yes. every year. Especially because she said in the documentary, My life is planned two or three years in advance. Like I've already got the next tour dates for the album before I've written the album. And so I can't step off this treadmill and actually have a family. And she's very anxious about having children for she's not ready about it because I don't know who's oh, going to replace did me Did Mullen you get to her? We'll bring up Stefan's tweet later. Um, she then, after coming out, and she made a massive Instagram post announcing Marsha Blackburn and Donald Trump. Uh, Trump responded with, I like Taylor Swift's music 25% less now. Which I, I just thought was quite funny, really. How much did you like it in the first place, Donald? Trump's a concealed Swifty, man of good taste. There you go. She then did this tweet right after the uh, BLM riots, the George Floyd riots of 2020. After stoking the fires of white supremacy and racism your entire presidency, you have the nerve to feign moral superiority before threatening violence. When the looting starts, the shooting starts, we will vote you out in November. At real Donald Trump. Now, um, again, I don't think Taylor understands that the George Floyd riots caused about $4 billion in damage, were founded on the faulty premise of a racial killing, which was not a race motivated murder and ended in the deaths of dozens of innocent people. I don't think she just understands that because if you said she's in the very stage managed mainstream media bubble and that's causing yeah, intense distress for young reason. white woman opinions that yeah. have been assigned to her. Yes, she has been attributed the current thing. And and so ahead of the election she decided to do this. She baked Biden Harris 2024 cookies. Dan, what are you doing? I think he's listening to no, Taylor no, Swift. Gonna, it's gonna, if you play it out loud, it's going to get copyrighted, so that's no, not a good idea. 
Which which song have you played up? <laughs> Connor's got all the best recommendations. Was it? Was it? No, that's terrible. That's a rubbish one. Anyway, moving on. Um, I, I, I recommend you belong with me. It's a great one. It's an absolute belter. <laughs> right. Anyway, so point being, the reason this is relevant is because Laura Loomer, who's part of the Trump campaign, obviously, decided to do a groundbreaking investigation, which has a few holes in its theory. But but her theory is this, right? Ahead of the 2024 election, she says that Gen Z is going to become one of the most prominent voting blocks. In 2024, Zoomers are officially set to replace Boomers as the largest voting demographic in America. Now, by population, maybe. Well, that's what. Don't they vote for- on average much less than any other demographic? That's part of it, yes. Now, one of the things in the 2018 midterms that they thought might lose... So are you going to replace Boomer dominance with Zoomer dominance? I think that's a mad theory, yeah. But but part of the strategy she's saying is going to happen is because in 2018, they thought that they might get the swift lift because as soon as Taylor Swift made her Instagram post, there were like 51,000 new registrations in the state of Tennessee. Uh, no, uh, sorry. Acro- I think it was across America, but they thought in the state of Tennessee that might translate to a Democrat victory. It didn't, thankfully. However, she's thinking that if you have Taylor Swift come out full-throatedly in support of the Democrats, because she has more Twitter and Instagram followers than Donald Trump, that will somehow mean more Zoomers vote than Boomers, and therefore it will flip the election to Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama. I mean, it's genuinely like it's always Sully in Philadelphia level drawing the the threads together. Why does Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama come into this? Is this because everybody knows that Joe Biden would be a terrible candidate, so... They're saying, oh, put Gavin Newsom in. Yeah, and also that Taylor Swift mis- retweeted Michelle Obama a couple of times, so she thinks that she's in coots with the behind the scenes. Like, it's not impossible, but it's just so far afield, it seems like a fan fiction at, at this right. point. It, it seemed- she's also saying that uh, Travis Kels was, because he was dubbed Mr. Pfizer by other NFL players, because he did a Pfizer ad in September, September saying, get your booster <laughs> shots, that he's obviously a regime puppet as well, which, okay, may be true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're being co-opted part of the Democrat machine. And the reason I don't think that they're co-opted as part of the Democrat machine is because in this, George Soros is mentioned. Now, not what you'd expect, but what happened was during the pandemic, um, Taylor Swift put up on her Instagram this Instagram story. And she said, hey guys, I want to thank my fans for making me aware that my former record label is putting out an album of live performances of mine tonight. This is a recording from a 2008 radio performance when I did when I was 18. Big Machine has listed the date as 2017 release, but they're actually releasing it tonight at midnight. I'm always honest with you guys about this stuff. So I wanted to tell you the release is not approved by me. It looks like Scooter Braun and his financial backers, 23 Capital, Alex Soros and the Soros family and the Carlisle Group have seen the latest balance sheets and realized that paying... 333 million for my music wasn't a wise choice and they need money. In my opinion, just another case of shameless greed in this time of coronavirus. So tasteless, but very transparent. Ah, oh, so is this is this the one that sold the rights to her music and then didn't like it and then just basically re-recorded everything or something? Yes. Oh, I like, okay, yes. Yes. Right, I found something I like about this person. Well, I, this is, so this is what the rake that the pro America crowd are jumping on. They think that now she's made a deal with George Soros because she's been able to re-release her music with the new rights. Right. That's bloody dumb. But right, let's 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 try and steel man this yeah. position. Because it turns out that Taylor Swift's impact on elections has been studied. Um Josh sent me this this paper because he's got a psychological study for everything. So uh-huh. this is in, in Sage Journals. This is titled Campaign Problems, How Fans React to Taylor Swift's Controversial Political Awakening. Now the reason the MAGA crowd are kind of worried about this is because the leg of her tour, the Era's tour, in twenty twenty four, in October, she's spending three days in Miami right before the election. So they're thinking that in Donald Trump's home state, a former swing state, they might try and roll out Taylor Swift to encourage all of the Gen Z Democrats to come out and vote. And they think that because 
And this is the study found. This is in 2019. It was a study on fan reactions to, to Swift's 2018 Instagram posts. And young voters revealed that what Swift said mattered and was persuasive because they considered her a friend. So she taps into a very parasocial relationship with all of her fans. So that might encourage young women who have been whipped into a further about whatever Taylor Swift has been whipped into a further about to go to the polls and ensure the Democrats a victory. Yeah, but aren't, aren't young women just lost to the Republicans anyway? Because, I mean, not all of them, but I mean... Well, we'll see. That's no, not, no. I don't believe that that's true. I think that a, 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 obviously there's a much higher percentage of white women voting for Democrats than Republicans. But 68, I think. But st- uh, when compared with men, yeah. But still, overwhelmingly, demographic information seems to suggest that um, that they vote more for Republicans than any other racial demographic. Only if they're married. This is the thing. Young single white women vote sixty-eight percent Democrat, and that that trend is increasing as we'll see near the end because double the percentage of young women are identifying as radically left-wing as young men are identifying as conservative. However, the young men might be able to sway them to become more conservative if they do get married, and Taylor Swift might be able to convince them to get married. Hold on to that theory. Ah, uh, ooh, okay. Nice right. twist. Nice so, twist. so it's also, they notice here as well, my theory that Taylor Swift has been pushed to be more political because they note that it's quite a symbiotic parasocial relationship. It's two-way, from the fans to Taylor, yep. to Taylor from the fans. She says, she realized through p- people putting pressure on her, but also on herself, that politics is a question of human rights and it is extremely important to speak up about it. So it's quite brave of her to be open about the fact that it was finally time for her to speak up. And this is from one of her fans that they interviewed about her post. So the fan is saying, I was waiting for her to come out and be politically engaged. So therefore we're going to love bomb her with all of the uh, positive affirmation in the Instagram comments to say, we're glad you're politically engaged now. And it becomes a feedback loop because they're seeking friendship and they're also seeking their own opinions to be reflected back at them. So she's a good musician. It's been ideologically captured by an industry and the kind of crazy audience members that are now paying her wages. Okay. Which is a bit bit gutting. And so this is why the likes of Jack Posobiec, who's also jumped on this trend, has said there will be conservatives who applaud the Taylor Swift Time Magazine Award psyop ahead of 2024. Hello. And later they'll wonder how we lost the country. Screenshot this. Now. Here's why it's dumb. And here's why the George Soros connection undoes the whole thing. And I'm going to cite the Times of Israel here. Fair play. To deflect any idea that I could be critiquing anyone on anti-Semitic grounds, because I too love the nation of Israel. And so, this is the explanation. The reason that she re-released her music isn't because she bought the rights back from the Soroses, or even got the rights back from the Soroses. It's because they have the master recordings, she has the composition rights. So she just re-recorded all of her songs for a couple million dollars as Taylor's version and put them out independently. And they presumably do much, much better because the fans... They've recharted. Right. Yeah. So right. she properly stuck it to the Soros family and... Okay. And Scooter So there was no deal made? Not as far as we know, no. And... All the evidence to the contrary suggests otherwise. So the, the story is basically Scott Borchetta of Big Machine Label, who used to own her music catalogue, yeah. sold the rights of the master copies to Ithaca Holdings, which is owned by Scooter Braun in 2019. Scooter Braun's a yeah. very big music producer. He used to produce yeah, for Justin Bieber and the like. And he also represented Kanye West at yeah. the time where Kanye got up on stage and disrupted the performance and then later did Famous, saying that he probably would have slept with Taylor Swift, which is, again, a, a bit brutal considering the age gap and the fact that she's just a young girl. The Soros family would have better lawyers because that's really sloppy drafting. Yeah, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it just turns out that Taylor Swift is quite smart. I, I, th- I think generally her savviness has gotten her ahead in the music industry. Uh, yeah. So her catalogue was actually valued at 140 million, but Braun and his backers ended up paying 330 million for it. 
So well over asking price. So now they're massively in the hole by trying to keep her on one of those tight leash clauses that loads of musicians that I'm I'm sure you've heard all sorts of horror stories of over the years. Sorry, repeat the question. Loads of musicians that are trapped in predatory contracts. Oh, yeah, that always happens. Uh, Any first-time band, when you're getting in touch with a record label, the record label will explicitly try to screw you over on those contract deals. Because they and, and they will do it blatantly because they know you don't have any other choice if you want mass distribution. It used to be much worse back in the day, but since you're able to produce and release your music independently now, it's YouTube not quite stuff, as yeah. bad. Yeah. But still, if you want those big record label payouts of uh, a lot of money in advance so that you can produce, use amazing producers and go to amazing studios in LA and such, then you will need record label money to do so. Yeah, and but, so- but essentially what you're arguing is, is, is because she's managed to to sort of undercut the sources by like 330 million. Yeah. That's 330 million that they can't deploy on marginal DA races in purple counties. That, and also there is absolutely no reason for her to have made a deal with the Soros's to get her music rights back to then support the Democrats in the 2024 election because she just re-recorded all of her music and made loads of money and made the fans happy. Yeah. So, there's, so there's like a glaring error here that Luma and Posobiec and that have overlooked right. and have wrapped themselves up in this theory that just isn't true. Like she's, she's still supporting the Dems, but there's not this grand throbbing brain conspiracy theory to get Michelle Obama into the White House through the era's right. tool. Okay. It's, okay. I, th- I think it is important to recognize though that, that somebody as culturally significant and popular as Taylor Swift still will have an effect on the culture. I mean, so much so that you can do sociological studies on it. Well, quite. And so this is why I think she might be a psyop in our favor, right? So who else had a massive influence on the culture, particularly for women. And who do we think that Taylor Swift could become this modern version of? Hint, she's a pop princess. So, behold. Oh, this has taken a dark turn. No, I don't mean that. No, no. What I I mean is, right, so you were alive in the late 90s. Do you remember how many women were infatuated with the marriage of Princess Diana? Because they thought that they could have the fairy princess dream too. Yes. That's the kind of thing that Taylor Swift's... And the Arab boyfriend. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll skip past that bit. Right. right. Okay. So that's the kind of music that Taylor Swift makes. She okay. made Love Story, You Belong With Me, all of these like love ballads and, and, and classic sort of stuff. She had a sort of dark period where she kept bro- getting broken up with, but we're on the upswing now because she's got a new fella. And Ooh. this is this is something that, that, that my friend Mary has observed in this, she this article. She has so much material for her next album. Let, let's, be, let's be positive, right? Okay. So she focuses on the sort of telluric intoxicant of, right. of Taylor because she's a sort of modern troubadourian love poet of the sort of sadness of broken down romances and lots of women feel that it reflects their experiences. You know the difference between how men and women consume media, right? Men see an aspirational figure in a superhero thing and think, I want to be like him of where women will see a woman in a story and think, oh, she's just like me. So she'll relate to them whereas men will look up to them. And that's what women feel with Taylor Swift's music. They feel that the trials and tribulations that she's gone through and that they've grown up listening to her for over a decade now, they can identify themselves in her music. And this is in the Time Magazine article because the journalist that wrote it actually interviewed a few people at the Era's tour and she spoke to two fans. She said, Madison admires Swift for her vulnerability, quote, which is insane when she's under endless scrutiny, while McCall cites her consistency, which she calls a lost art form. When I ask her how McCall feels about Swift's romantic life, she fields the question elegantly. It's a disservice to focus on that stuff, she says. She's so good at making her personal experience relate to millions of people. When I listen to her songs, I think about what I've been through, not what she's been through. So I mention this because 
In our brokenomics, do you remember when I said it needs to take a sort of seismic cultural shift to encourage commitment among women again, when a lot of the cultural messaging and economic incentives cut against them settling down with a man, when they can basically sell themselves online, right? And I said, you're going to need someone like Taylor Swift. Yes, you did. That level of fame to convince them that marriage is a good idea. Well... Let's flash back a few years to the tweet that you presaged, because this was voted the worst tweet of all time by Stefan Molyneux, right? This is when... Oh, this was the best tweet of all time. <laughs> it was very catty, right? So Stefan tweeted on Taylor Swift's 30th birthday, <laughs> I can't believe Taylor Swift is about to turn 30. She still looks so young. It's strange to think that 90% of her eggs are already gone, 97% by the time she turns 40. So I hope she thinks about having kids before it's too late. She'd be a fun mum. Smiley face, right? I'll come back to Twitter, Stefan. Please, I know that you're... Ha- you He's know, refused to. It's I know you've refused to. I know you're at peace now, but I miss this. So, so the reason that I bring this up... brutal, that is. I, well, clap, Stefan. What, what's, what's even... Right, okay, but... but, but <laughs> yes, it's funny, but... Again, having watched the Netflix documentary, she, not only with her body dysphoria, but her intense career pressure is putting off having a child indefinitely because she's very frightened of it. So, so is she... Well, well, he got banned years ago, so she must be like early 30s by now. Yeah, she's 34, I think, tomorrow. Oh, bloody hell. Um, better better you know get on with birth, it, Taylor. It's relevant. Oh, okay. Okay, right. right. Okay. This is tomorrow at time of recording. If this goes out on the weekend, happy birthday, Taylor Swift. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see if my theory totally falls apart. But in the in the video, she was she's carrying around like a cat in like a backpack with a little window, like the baby in Death Stranding. So it's getting right. pretty near the box wine and... 10 cats level of stuff. So what can save her is this, a birthday party proposal by her new fella who actually looks like things are going well with, right? This is this is that Travis Kels guy. He's the, he's a football right. player. So this is a, a leak by the Daily Mail. And they've, they've reported that Swift is moving into his $6 million mansion after returning from the South American leg of, of her era's tour. So that was, that was in November. And she's turning 34 tomorrow. So again, happy birthday. And for her birthday celebrations, there was an insider who leaked to Daily Mail promise this is not just gossip column, right? right? That Travis has something special. There are whispers he could use the opportunity to propose. That's what everyone, including Taylor, is hoping for. So Taylor Swift wants to get married to the man, right? This is the highest profile woman in the world who just won the Time Magazine thing. She is the most one of the most yes. popular pop stars in history. And you're about to miss your window of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> My DMs are open. Like, okay, right, whatever. Right, point is, I think this could be total dink death. This could be an extinction event for all those bloody TikToks we've so seen. So what you're saying years. is that both you and Travis can fix her. I, I, I wish him the best of luck because I think so many women will turn around and go, this is basically our generation's Princess Diana, except with that tragic car wreck. So I've just looked up the man. Um, yep. and just going on, you know, um, what, what do you call it? Um, Intuition? No, the, the face demographic thing. Physiognomy? Yes. I, I, I would say he, 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 he's not a shit lib, I would have thought. He is. Oh, he is absolutely he? Yeah. is. Yeah, he did a Pfizer ad. But look, point is, okay, it doesn't matter if he's a, a liberal, because look at this chart. That's going to get nickel-backed, isn't it? Right, so so this is this is a recent University of Michigan social attitude survey, right. and this is the political identification of 18-year-old l- girls and boys. So the girls are trending very left-wing, as you can see. Yes. The boys, total inverse. So what happens when Taylor Swift puts out basically pro-marriage and pro-kid propaganda by getting married, you're going to have loads of liberal young women who like Taylor Swift going, I want to be like Taylor Swift and find my man. And the men they're going to couple up with are going to be, by probability, overwhelmingly conservative. So it doesn't matter what brainwashing they're programmed to because 
married women vote Republican. And so it doesn't matter whether or not Taylor Swift is an electoral psyop on behalf of the Democrats, because just by her lifestyle, she may turn America red. Well, and, and also the moment the moment women have children, suddenly their views on immigration just flips upside down really hard. I'm saying this is a white pill, boys. It's actually a white. Is that what happened with your missus then? Oh yeah, I mean she was a standard lefty young woman, like they, like they all are basically. And then after a few years, well, I won't say it, but she's uh, yeah. Now, now <laughs> she's again, quite sensible on these sort of things. Now, <laughs> I will I will conclude with the idea. I know I can feel your judgment from both sides, boys, and it's not just on my music taste. I know it might just all be coke. I know. I'm trying to hope. Right. But it could be worse. It could be the last pop star that decided to come out and endorse Joe Biden for an election. So Billie Eilish just came out as queer. It's never been more over. It's so over. Coming out as what? A, what? She's got a girlfriend now. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, there you go. And on that terrible disappointment, let's move on to my segment where I'm going to talk about books. So we've sp- we spoke about people who can't read, yeah. um, people who I don't even know what yours was about. I have great music taste. <laughs> uh, to be honest, this whole podcast has been very confusing so far, and I don't understand. But I'm going to end with something that's uh, right. that's uh, pretty usual for us, which is dunking on the left. Okay. Oh, right. Yes, we because can do that. Because the left don't understand what the word band means. Band? Band as in B-A-N-N-E-D. Not B-A-N-D. Oh. Right. Okay. Not no, not a musical band. I'm not doing another music segment. Okay. Ba- yes. Band as though band as if you can't access this thing anymore. Yes. Because okay. they seem to think that a, that a, a book that you can access and purchase from any mainstream retailer, you could go down to your local book corner bookshop and buy a book there, and you can get off Amazon and have it sometimes same day delivery. Hmm. Uh, you can get it from anywhere at a very reasonable price, but your local school doesn't want it in particular sections of the library because perhaps it has some rather adult themes and content in it, means that the book is banned. But as we know from MindGeek slash ALO, they are targeting their material at children. So let's put it this way. That explicit material is being aimed at kids. Why are we surprised that it is in the libraries in the first place? Well, it shouldn't be in any section of the library, but we'll get into that as we go on. I thought I'd highlight that on the website we have a very a wide range of material that you can access. Not all of it's paid content. You can also access some of the free articles that we have on the website, including this very interesting one on an introduction to the Whig hegemony, which is a short article going over the history of the 18th century parliamentary politics, which almost destroyed the party, God I wish, uh, and led to the Whig theory of history and the Whig attitudes becoming very prevalent throughout all of English politics. So check that out if you want a nice history lesson. For people who don't want a nice history lesson, that being the left, here is what I'm talking about there. Barnes and Noble, this was a very popular tweet that came out because it got a lot of attention. Shout out to Barnes and Noble for their banned books section. We need more people and organizations standing up for the freedom to read these books. Um, I can see genderqueer at the top there, which is literally about child abuse. Yes, and also this book is gay, which I'll get into yes. in a moment. Uh, they have some of the classics there, like To Kill a Mockingbird. All of these, some of them are, um, all of these obviously are available at any mainstream bookstore. Well, in, in, including on this very shelf where it where says we advertise books. It. And for these retailers, I can imagine there is a part of it where this is all a marketing strategy, where if you attach some kind of transgressive label to it, 
where you say, yes. oh, look, this is a banned book. The system doesn't want you to read this book. Ignore that we're a large international conglomeration yes. and we are the system. But the system, the shadowy figures, the conservatives, Ben Shapiro doesn't want you reading this book is gay. So therefore it's banned and therefore you should buy it. I can understand that. For a lot of leftists, I think this is either one of two things, which is either um, they are really, really stupid or they know how this looks to normal people and they're just using it to rub in your face. It's a sort of laugh. I think it's that one because, as you can see for our audio listeners, there are branded bags, like tote bags that you'll get from bookshops at the bottom. And it's, I think it's Rebanned off of, books. Yeah, and it's 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 branded off of Fahrenheit 451, which is the dystopic novel by Ray Bradbury about firefighters who go around incinerating banned texts. So this is obviously just them trying to codify a transgressive identity. They're trying to look punk by saying, actually, all of the things that the regime wants you to believe are secretly subversive and mm. rebellious, bro. So I, I can think of a couple of actually banned books that you just can't get your your hands off, but they, they tend to address a different. I've topic. got an I've got an example of one, but would you? Well, yeah. w- uh, w- w- what examples were you thinking of, Dan? How close to the sun or are you about would to fly? You, would you label um, them? Oh God! Let's ha- just say it's ha- unlikely ha- that you'll how find. Describe this books which talk about um, European groups and the history kind of thing. I mean, to be fair, after recent events with mass Islamic migration and the various demonstrations we've seen in the streets, I wouldn't be shocked if they are in some schools in Britain questioning certain historical narratives. Well, you just can't get them. Let's just say it's unlikely that you would ever find a copy of The Bell Curve in a public school library. (laughs) Yes, good point. But whenever you look into these books, we cover this Mm. constantly. You get examples like This Book is Gay, which the second that you look into it, uh, it, I didn't even know this one. This must be a more recent one. I'm aware of genderqueer and some of the others, but apparently this one has tutorials of how to use Grinder yep. and to have um, um, reverse... Re- re- uh, rectal enjoyment. Yeah, anal sex. Um, okay, well, I was trying to be euphemistic, but there you go. <laughs> uh, she, uh, red-headed libertarian points out this book was in middle school libraries. Uh, why do you want 11-year-olds learning how to do all of that, Chris? You know why. Do I have to tap the sign? It's very clear why. And th- th- yeah. there are plenty of other examples. It's all indoctrination. It's all this very clearly well-adjusted person whose opinions are all completely novel and original. With the broccoli haircut. With the broccoli haircut. You can, uh, gender, ambiguous. Who knows? Throw all categorization to the wind. Writes for the ACLU of Texas, my favorite organization. Yeah. The um, pro, uh, one of the great defenders of children's right to access pornography, the ACLU. <laughs> well, we, we, no, you're right. Actually, there was a Texas case that over overthrew their age verification law because they said it's actually free speech to be able to access porn without teching a little box or putting a passport. And, and, and we know that the alphabet people is a phenomena of of public schools because basically what was happening is is uh, alphabet people rates were trending up and to the right up until um, the pandemic when the schools were closed and then it immediately started going um, down. Until TikTok came along. And then now we, we've seen as... It would a, almost suggest some kind of characteristics of a social contagion. Well, yes. Policy Exchange and Stonewall, two organisations you wouldn't expect to agree, but both put the stat as by 18, one in four school children in the UK are leaving school with an LGBT identity within that umbrella. I would say that the vast majority of those are likely to be bisexual. Yes, they are. Which is the easiest one to pass off because you can just say it. I've, 
I've yeah. known people, some people I used to be in bands with. I've dated by girls before, they, literally they, just don't date girls. Well, one of them was a guy. One of them was a guy who says, oh, I'm bisexual, I'm bisexual, I'm definitely bisexual. And then all of his partners, all of his relationships have been with women. And then I just asked him, just casually, you keep saying you're bisexual. Have you ever done anything with a guy? He says, no. Right. Then, you know... Isn't, isn't that what the eye is supposed to be for? That's intersex. Oh, I thought it was infected. No, no. But we're all intersex. Oh. In one way or another. But this is a funny article, because once again, it just shows the LARP of the whole matter, where this person, I assume this image is Ms. P who wrote it, but it might be just a general image of this is the kind of fool that would fall for something or believe something like this, saying that I grew up in a small border town along the Rio Grande. In ninth grade, my teacher assigned The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. The story follows a young Mexican-American girl who yearns for acceptance as she discovers her identity. Like her name, Esperanza, she gave me hope for understanding my own Latin and queer identities. So these people, in all honesty, probably wouldn't find any of these books for themselves first without a teacher pushing them onto them, which is why they're so desperate to have them in schools in the first place, because nobody actually goes out searching for these books unless they're already a rabid leftist activist. It's also too important to remember a, a few things. Number one, at school board meetings where parents have complained about this, they've read out passages from the book yes. and been ejected for reading out explicit materials, but they're saying, well, you're nobody giving this reads to my child. These. Nobody actually reads them except for the radical leftist activist teachers reading them to the kids and the actual administration of the school don't pay any attention. They just hear that, oh, this is inclusive, this is... Uh, positive and tolerant towards people of strange identities. Therefore, it must be a good thing. But when you confront them with it, they realize, oh, this is sexual perversion. Yeah. And so the radical ideologues have come from the universities because they couldn't get any other jobs. So they then infiltrate education and they then set the curriculum and put things like the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish and give that to three-year-olds. And then also it's important to remember that loads of these books are coming from scholastic book fairs and they receive direct government subsidies. So the US government is taking your tax money, American viewers, to pay to have these perverted books in kids' schools. Of course you should be banning them at the, at the state level. But let's see what other books are supposedly banned that you should desperately read, according to Ms. P. And Tango Makes Three by Justin Richardson with themes of love and acceptance. Wait, Makes Three? With themes of love and acceptance, you need to accept the love, Connor, and love can come in many different forms. As Destiny has recently learned. <laughs> uh, this heartwarming story, <laughs> Stelios will tell you all about that tomorrow. This heartwarming story introduces young readers to the beauty of diverse families as two male penguins create their own. Why I recommend this book, combination of sweet story, blah, yada, yada, yada. Then we've got Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe, which I can only assume is How Red, do two male Reddit's penguins favorite create book? their own family? I mean, they don't have adoption. Don't ask questions, Dan. Just accept. Right, right. Stolen egg? Well, yeah. Yes, I suppose so. So we've got Reddit's favorite book about Aristotle and Dante finding out quirky trivia about the universe. They're just bumming through the seven circles of hell. Maybe. Uh, the Poet X by <laughs> Elizabeth Acevedo, which I almost misread as Avocado. Uh, an authentic story of a young Afro-Latina finding her voice and herself through verse. Now, can you imagine that any of these books are any more than maybe half a day away from most people being able to buy for themselves and have directly in their hands? Not just. Should we, should we do a book club on one of them? Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't no. make me read. And 
Drum roll, please. What's the last one going to be? Um, it's The Handmaid's okay, Tale. Okay, I will actually do a book club on that at some point because it's one of the worst books I've ever read. And this <laughs> it's is also right, assigned one... to people on their oh, no, English I, I did course. It. Is, I did isn't it. that the one where she, re- she wrote the first draft and it was about Islam? No, so, no you can you can you can draw parallels to Islam, but she explicitly meant it about Christians because she's a delusional old dingbat. But oh. point being, <laughs> I, as someone who wasted a lot of money on a literature degree and actually enjoys this sort of stuff, yeah. it's, it's I know it's intentionally subversive, but this is what Chris Rufo means by a cluster B society of where to get ahead you must manifest like dark triad psychopathic narcissistic traits. It's really sad that the literature being given to children now by these activists has lowered the quality of literature that's going to turn them off reading because all of the things that you've read out are just masturbatory identity stories knocked together by fundamentally mediocre and insecure people that need to spread their misery like a contagion. Oftentimes, it's not like Frankenstein. Oftentimes they'll also be terribly written. There yeah. won't be any poetry in the prose. There won't be any driving force to it. Oftentimes the characters will all be speaking in the exact same voice because the writer, being a narcissist as they always are, can only write from their own perspective and can't put their mind into the mind. They can't project their mind into what other people would think and so everybody talks like them. This is a problem that I've pointed out before with lots of television scripts where everybody talks the way that you expect Californians to talk. The Joss Whedonification of everything. Yeah, because they can only talk and everybody speaks with inserting F words in between every other sentence because in California, in Hollywood, I imagine, that's what these people talk like in their day-to-day life. It's, it's just really heartbreaking to know that like, the English curriculum has removed people like John Keats and Wilfred Owen who lived kind of tragic but also inspirational lives as young men in difficult times who did acts of service and created some of the most beautiful poetry and literature that we've ever seen and they've jettisoned that for this book is gay. I j- you, so you e- people e- have even a when I was place a in hell. We were getting books pushing um, diversity and in, in, inner city living and stuff like that. And mm. I actually, I had to spend a whole term sat outside the headmaster's office because I wasn't allowed in the English class because I kicked up such a fuss. But why aren't we reading like classic English literature? Like, or, or maybe a bit of Shakespeare or Canterbury Tales or anything like that. Just, just pick one of those. Uh, so I, I got thrown out my English class for like a whole term because of that. And that's going to happen to a lot of boys that are just bored and therefore cut off with the the richness of our culture and our history, yeah. and it, it stops the transmission of the kind of values that will make them great men. This is what C.S. Lewis observed in Abolition of Man, because they want to make you empty vessels for the current thing. Well, I mean, my greatest um, disappointment from all this, apart from the obvious, is that reading's really fun, uh, and it really stimulates your imagination and allows you to, as I mentioned, project your mind into other people's feelings, to be able to simulate other people's minds helps you to empathize, it helps you to be able to think abstractly, and cutting people off from that because you're feeding them this absolute dross, and they'll never want to read a book ever again after they've read The Handmaid's Tale for the third time in this curriculum, means that they're going to be cut off from, like you say, not just their culture, but also just from a really enjoyable Mm. pastime, and be going straight for the pipeline to TikTok. Because a book requires an attention span. And TikTok does not. I know someone who works in a primary school now who have said, as of Christmas, they don't want to watch Christmas films because they're too long and boring. These kids have been raised on TikTok and they can only watch things in 30 seconds. When I was at school, the Christmas film at the end of the year was the treat. The day, yeah. It was the thing that you always looked forward to. That's, That's absurd. But the LARP has gotten so bad now that you have people actually swearing in to their position as a president of the school board on banned books. Right. Right. If you were able to get a pile of them so that you could swear in on them, then they're not banned. It's just that this person 
I believe her name was what was what was her name? Let me see. Go down. Where is it in the thing? Karen Smith. Karen Smith. The irony. <laughs> yes, Karen Smith. She was chosen as the president of the Central Book School Board earlier this month and decided that rather than being sworn in with her hand on the Bible, because that would be far too significant and meaningful and uh, actually be a tradition, uh, she would be sworn in with her hand on a stack of frequently banned books because that way she can get virtue points online. She and other Democrats like her had been vocal about their opposition to the former Republican-led school board's policy to prohibit so-called sexual content. It's not so-called, it is, making it easier to ban books from school libraries, particularly those with LGBTQ plus or diversity-related themes. How dare you not let me propagandize and brainwash our students? Hold on, so-called sexual content complain the coalition premised entirely on sexual characteristics? Yes. Right, so, so just a, a micro this, of- this is This is not necessarily contradiction. They're doing this on purpose and yep. they're rubbing it in your face. But, but just a microcosm of the problem we've got here. You're supposed to swear in on the Bible, or, or maybe, I don't know, in the US they let you do it on the Constitution, but it's supposed to be something like the Bible. And we've diluted that and diluted it. The whole reason you're supposed to swear in on the Bible because it keeps these nutters out. And then, mm. so, I mean, we went like well, she 30, said, 30 years ago, we started letting people sign in on the Quran and, and, and stuff like that. Someone did a Superman comic recently. Yeah, exactly. But the, the whole point of it is to keep these nutters out. I mean, she explicitly said when talking about why she did it that the Bible doesn't hold any significant meaning for me. I could have told you that. I could have guessed that looking at you. Uh, and she was very annoyed that under the previous presidency of the school board that there were a lot of conservative policies such as, you know, not having these books in the school library. But once again, if you're a parent and you're so desperate for your children to read these books, then you can buy them yourself. I think she was probably upset by the prohibition on gluttony. Well, she maybe. She also said that there was a policy that restricted trans female students for participating in female sports teams, so she's got rid of that rule, and a policy that banned pride flags in classrooms for fear of teachers indoctrinating students, which is exactly what she's eager. That's She's pro-brainwashing children. So, And of course, uh, Pink, who loves to go around and recently, uh, when she was in Florida, I think, gave out 2,000 supposedly banned books to the audience members in her crowds, uh, she was all for this. She said, oh, I went to, I went near this school. I'm from near this school. I'm so proud to be from here. But looking at it, somebody made this video. I won't play it properly because there's a, a copyright song in the background. But here she is signing it in. And what have we got here on these books? What's one of them? One of them is a book called Flamer. What's in the book? Flamer. For those of you not watching and just listening, oh, oh, oh. It's, it's gay porn. Oh, okay. it's gay porn. Wait, is that is that an adult man exposing himself to a six-year-old? It might have been. Either way, it's not appropriate for children. So what? A- Wait, well, it's not appropriate for bloody adults either. It's not appropriate for anyone because it, it's it's certainly not educational. So she's swearing in. On she gay doesn't porn. know. She hasn't. She hasn't on, read them. Yeah, she's, she's not read any of these. She's not read any of these. But. A lot of these school boards are enacting more and more of these supposed bans where they say, actually, we don't want this on the curriculum. And as such, uh, Penguin Random House, along with lots of writers and educators and parents in Iowa, uh, which is one of the states that's looking to be able to empower school boards to get this filth off of their shelves, uh, decided to have a throw a lawsuit, a high-stakes election year issue of book, book banning. They filed suit in federal court against the state school administrators including the president of the state's board of education to stop local enforcement of a law known as Senate File 496, which the governor, Kim Reynolds, signed into force in May. So this is how you know that you're on the side of the little guy. This is how you know that you're the 
subversive, destructive element of an oppressive hierarchical society, when you're organizing yourself with a gigantic corporate entity that operates on an international scale to bully local school districts into stocking porn on their shelves for children. I don't want to derail, but I'm really mad about this for multiple reasons. Number one, Penguin Random House censored Jordan Peterson's second book, and they had an internal revolt about publishing it. So they're clearly happy with banning. Also, recently we had the rewrites of Roald Dahl and James Bond. So they're totally fine to go back in and take out the N-word or the fact that Augustus Gloop was fat because they're crying about outdated stereotypes or whatever nonsense they want to get upset about. But in this photo, again, for audio listeners, either side of the door that they've got, a bookstore in Florida, they say, censorship leaves us in the dark, we read banned books. Now, they have listed The Great Gatsby, The Catcher in the Rye, and The Lord of the Rings. Those are some of my favorite books of all time. And they've also got Mice and Men and Brave New World, and they're things with deep literary resonance, real quality, some of the stories that I actually personally really connect with. To equate that to subversive cartoons of indecent exposure to children, I, I can't express the level of pissed off I am. I'm, I'm, and like half of these books have had films made about them as well. Yeah, multiple mm. films, some of them. Yeah. yeah, but interestingly, The Telegraph have quite a good article recently talking about a lot of these books, saying that giving details not just of the content of some of them, but also by the process why some of the organizations that track how these books are banned actually qualify them as being banned. So they point out last week, um, this was back in October, so this would be the end of September they're talking about, Randy Weingarten, president of America's second largest teachers union, tweeted, Texas teacher fired for reading Diary of Anne Frank to class. This speaks for itself. But like almost every other aspect of overall book banning claims, the description of this example is distorted and claim conceals the legitimate objection most parents have to children being exposed to explicitly sexual content in school. The book in question was not the classic diary of Anne Frank, but a recent graphic novel adaptation of that work, because even when you're trying to propagandize the students, you need to make sure you're giving them picture books rather than actual books, because otherwise they won't pay attention. It's called Anne Frank's Diary that chooses to emphasize and inflate sexual passages in the original diary. That's just also sorry, but uh, why are you drawing a graphic novel about a teenage girl emphasizing the sexual experience of her when she died in the Holocaust? Uh, That's a very good question. So the explicit passage that was from the book uh, was where Anne asks her friends if they could show each other their breasts and expresses a terrible desire to kiss her. All of this would have been illustrated. So Anne Frank's now retroactively a lesbian. I mean, it might have been in. The, I've not read the original diary, so it might originally be in there. It'd be a very strange thing there are, there to are read. Bits, there are bits. I have heard that there are some very strange. It's just a teenage girl growing book. up yeah. figuring stuff out. Yeah. So the entire conversation on book banning has taken place under a false definition promulgated by the left-wing advocacy group PEN America, PEN America which says that it has discovered an unprecedented spike in bans, but it defines ban so expansively as to render the term meaningless. If a book has been temporarily removed, reviewed, and then returned to a shelf, it has, according to Penn, been banned. If a school places a parental permission requirement on a book, it has, according to Penn, been banned. If a school moves a book to a guidance counselor's office, it has, according to Penn, been banned. A school in Miami, Miami made international news when it banned Biden's inauguration poem by the by uh, Amanda Gorman. What really happened was that the K to eight school moved the poem from the elementary to the middle school section of the same library. 
Given that most English language speakers understand the word banter mean made unavailable, we conducted a study to determine how many of the 2,532 books that PEN America alleged were banned were actually still present in school libraries. The answer, about three quarters of them. And I'm going to be honest, judging by the books that we look at in these uh, segments, I'm going to imagine that's still far too many. Yeah, they should. That, that will still be far too many, and that will include a lot of books that really should have no right being stocked in an educational institute. The media also fabricated the narrative that book bans are about race. We found that while some parents have certainly objected to books about race, school districts almost never obliged them. For example, PEN America listed the Black Lives Matter-inspired The Hate You Give, not a mm. book that anybody should be reading as part of their school, um, school curriculum, as the fifth most banned book. We found it available in every single school library in question. Consider the top 10 most removed books that they list. This book is gay, and this is where they go into some of the details provides a how-to guide to, uh, to find strangers on sex for gay sex apps. Out of the Darkness contains a rape. Later, Gator contains a discussion of the spit or swallow decision. Oh. All Boys Aren't Blue contains underage incest. It's perfectly normal, contains drawings of children masturbating, and it goes on and on and on. And these are only the top 10 most banned books. This means that not every school that's supposedly banned them will not have them stocked on their shelves. A lot of the schools might still have them stocked on the shelves. And it's disgusting. I don't think there's any excuse for it, really, when you're showing, when you're stocking pornographic material for children. But once again, why do the schools have to do it? Why can't they just have it be that these books are available to the public to buy if they want to? And if they're not stocked in schools, that's fine because, well, the parents can still get. Well, it's because people don't read anymore, especially young people. I just got this off the internet. And so some of the recent studies that have been done, the American Psychological Association say that one of three te every three teenagers has not read a book for pleasure in a year. 23% of adult Americans didn't read a book at all in 2020. And people aged between 15 to 44 only read for an average of 10 minutes or less per day. And this is in comparison to 51-year-olds and above who spend over 50 minutes reading per day. So what ends up happening is that none of these kids actually read because they've had their attention spans destroyed by TikTok and easy YouTube videos to access on their phones and having access to social media on their phones constantly. And they're already getting a nice hefty dose of propaganda through that, but they wouldn't be reading these books if it weren't for the schools stocking them and putting them on the curriculum anyway. So they have to make sure that they get put in front of your kids so they can make sure there's no place for them to escape. But that's why these books aren't actually banned. It just means that sometimes local school districts don't want them stocked on their shelves. And that'll be coming from pressure from the administrators, pressures from the parents. And that's why leftist activists uh, have to work in lockstep with giant international corporations to bully local school districts with lawsuits and other legal fines to force them to do it. It's ridiculous. But if you want an example of a real banned book, one that is really difficult to find, especially if you're trying to find it on Amazon in the English language version, this is the cheapest I could find of an actual proper printing of the Camp of the Saints on eBay for 160 pounds, and that's the English version. I think on Amazon, if you can speak French, congratulations, you can get a copy of it for about 12 quid. But for anybody who can't speak French, this is what you're going to do for it. I, I actually don't know. I've heard the title before, but I don't know what it's about. Uh, Douglas Murray, of all people, references it in The Strange Death of Europe, and it is a strangely prescient uh, dystopian fiction from the 1960s or 70s, depicting of what would happen, say, for instance, if, and this is a completely outlandish scenario and would never happen, if 
half of the entire third world decided to get on a boat and come to Europe. Oh, is this the one about uh, France being Islamic? Yes. Right, okay, yeah, I have heard about it. So that's an actual banned book because you can't buy it on Amazon unless you're French. And there are lots of other books that you can't buy on Amazon or anywhere in the UK or Europe very easily without paying exorbitant import charges. Um, and they're not going to be stocked in school libraries either. So if you want an example of what a banned book actually looks like, maybe look elsewhere than your local Barnes & Noble for what's on the banned book shelves. You twats. <laughs> and with that, I suppose we'll go to the video comment. Yes. So I just found out how the new doctor got his job. What? <laughs> can you know, so we are supposed to think this is cute. Also the title, I know what I'm doing is wrong. I know people are going to hate what I'm doing. I'm doing it anyway. And you, dear audience, you get down on the floor, stick your button up in the air and take the big black bamboo. Now, I appreciate that old school Dalek post that you have in the background there, Sophie. So this this may hurt. Just don't watch it. Uh, it's, don't it's, watch it. Stop caring. Wait, wait, can I be really? Who was the doctor? Can I be really? Well, it was the black guy. Can I be really autistic and say that's not that old school? It's it's two thousand well, ten. It's, it's the Matt Smith episode three art style. Yeah, it's good. Is, yeah, yeah, is what it is. It's it's in it's in the Second World War episode of the of the Daleks. But anyway, point being, I think what um what I'll have to do is because Callum and Josh and I are back on the podcast on Friday. I might have to cover the other two specials because everyone really liked our, me torturing those two with clips from the first one. Right. The other two are. Dreadful. So, yeah, look out for that, former Doc 2 fans. Ooh, we, we've got to say uh, thank you very much yes. to Sad Wing Raging, who gave us £200 thank and a message that says, Merry Christmas to all and sundry. Keep up the good work, Lotus Eaters, off to work. Well, Brilliant. Dan will be buying dinner for the guy that he insulted in the chat for that earlier. No, I didn't insult him. No, he thanked no. him. No, I thanked him. Wonderful. Big, my biggest fan. Also, the Grumpy was asking if Dan could do a full news broadcast, I assume in Pigeon. That'd be a good idea. John's getting something up. Yeah. I don't... Oh, yes. There oh, we yeah. go. So, so basically... Um, we'll bring so, Calvin in for that so one. Yeah, Hawaii Creole. You, you, you were talking test. about basically um, the Bible, um, uh, you know, and, and, and basically I just thought, I wonder if there's a pigeon Bible. Anyway, there is. So, so there's pigeon Bible. I'm going to order that one later. And uh, in fact, I'm going to go to a sample. This is going to be a multi-part yeah. series. You can also get nomics. just the New Testament, which is Da Jesus' book. <laughs> right, so let, let's go into the Pigeon Bible. I, I know we've got comments, but we've got a little bit of time. I mean, they important. do pay our wages, Dan. Right, so, well, yes, they do, but they want to see this. I mean, who, who doesn't want to see the bloody Perfect. Pigeon Bible? Okay. Let's go to Genesis, shall we? I don't it, think you're going to get past the content page. Yeah, oh, well, here we go. Oh, here we go. So, de-starting. For de-starting, Baba God, make the heavens plus the earth. Are they, are they Indian now? Uh, as my accent. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. Uh, oh, well, carry on. Right. Um, the first day, light. The earth condi anyway. Anyhow. Anyhow. Everywhere empty. Clapper, clapper. And darkness cover on the deep water. So Baba God's spirit move on top of the water. Cha-cha <laughs> binks. Niso Baba God's talk say, make light day and light show face. Baba God say, delight makes face, sense. Light. So Baba God separate delight from the... Well, that's it. Page. The preview is done. I think oh, oh, it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it was just, it was just, it was just buffering. Right. Oh, um, the power contained on these pages yes. can't be held by a single this, Amazon this is, preview. Well, maybe, the, maybe this is the the how it was originally said. <laughs> <laughs> this is the original ancient Direct, Hebrew. Direct from the Greek. Oh, just 
Right, anyway, so I'm going to start reading comments. Um, California Refugee, should I read a BBC Pigeon article out loud in the middle of the University of California in Berkeley? Yes, mm. yes. dare them, dare them to criticise it. You'll probably get extra diversity points for doing that. Yes, yeah. it's super diverse. He also compliments Brokenomics, so I do agree. We need to sign no, up no, to the no. site. He doesn't just compliment it. He said, guys... Guys, I promise Dan does a great job in broken on People who say sign up to this site. Like what you've seen in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, our broken is coming out at three o'clock today was really good. Um, yes. I, 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 for yes. once, I'll read, so, I'll yeah. read the audience comments on that, and hopefully, it was, uh, we were sympathetic enough to people's plight. Um, Lars, I always thought the BBC Pigeon was a parody site, slightly on the racist. No, no, it's, it's it's genuine. It's genuine. It's very, very good. Yes, um, uh, Nicholas, I remember me and a colleague years ago. Is that grammar? from BBC Pigeon. And to prove someone BBC Pigeon was real, they legitimately thought it was some fake racist site when we loaded it up. <laughs> no. Was that what prompted your segment? You thought it was a parody as well. Uh, no, I, I was just, I just thought this is, this, this is absolutely excellent. Right. Thomas Howe, the only thing better than Dan, Dan, Danjin? Danjin? That's, that's Japanese, isn't it? Danjin. Yep. Yeah. Bless you. Is watching Connor die a little inside listening to it. Uh, you do realise that everything's louder with these ears as well. So I was getting it in stereo. It was, yes. it was unbearable. Um, Crusader, Pigeon English is newspeak. Literally right as I posted this comment, Dan mentioned this in the book. Yes, dumbing down language is the goal in order to prevent people from having complex thoughts, including naughty things like rebelling against the system. Oh, and someone's nicked my joke as well. Thomas, who is the target audience for Pigeon English? Jar Jar Binks, obviously. So... There we go. Fantastic. Uh, and Sophie, I can confirm, as someone who speaks English as a second language, Deez is how I writ. Because I am a moron. <laughs> no, Hello, Lotus is out of context, I suppose. Um, okay, on to my bits. Uh, Henry, I was actually thinking to myself this morning after seeing a meme about Taylor Swift, I bet Taylor Swift is a psyop. She went from being a regular female country singer to being a pop star idol worshipped by 11 to 31-year-old women seemingly overnight. Only government intervention could cause this. Well, uh, her parents are both very wealthy asset managers for the Swift group, and they moved her to Tennessee to ensure that she could get her start in country music. So she started doing like local stadium tours and singing the national anthem and and chin, pitching to Sony from like a mixtape and did well so she's obviously got a lot of money behind her but she seems like an organic personality that, that's why she's got good lawyers because her dad obviously put her onto some decent lawyers for that yeah doubtless sort of deal. Yeah. Um, Athelstan Taylor Swift's new boyfriend has recently done a massive Pfizer advert I did say that he's been labelled Mr. Pfizer by Aaron Rodgers an unjabbed NFL player Again. Uh, Athelstan95. I like Candace Owens' take on Taylor Swift. She really is a bit off. She acts incredibly petty, acts very childish, and morphs like mystique to encompass whatever personality her current boyfriend possesses. That's like, actually pretty normal. I, yeah. yeah that's just that's, what girls do. Yeah, as well. Also, not being funny, like, I, I've got nothing personal against Candace, but given she backed Kanye over Taylor, and that hasn't really panned out that well, I'm not going to say that Candace is probably the best judge of character. Um, speaking of bad judge of characters, the R rated French. You can fix her, Connor. Go for it. Godspeed. You've got his endorsement. Yeah, wonderful. That's 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 all I that's all I need. Um, also, he said, "I'm with you, Dan. I barely know who Taylor Swift is." Well, get listening. Don't bother with shake it off, though. It's unbearable. It was, was, what should I listen to? Um, okay, so blank space. I, only, is I need one recommendation. Uh, I would. I would. Connor's say, got a playlist to recommend you. I do. Have, I do actually have a playlist. No, you do. Uh, the playlist is is unashamedly titled. All right, I do quite like. Dan, I've got an amazing playlist for you if you want to hit the gym and get an amazing workout. I I, I did a full leg day listening to Cruel Summer on an hour loop. I basically just listened. And that to, explains that. I basically just listened to Queen's Great. Watch it. I deadlift more than you. Um. Yeah. So so one Taylor one, Cruel Summer. It's a good right. one. It's one of the latest ones. Or Antihero. Antihero is good. Right. Okay. Um, and Hector Rex Connor you're lucky Vicky is in the office or she would bonk you and rightly so you cannot fix this woman well I like a challenge anyway Harry go for it 
All right. Okay. So Sophie says, Dan, if you want to do a book club on these, I will send you the books. Oh, yeah. Oh, her she's sister, got an LGBT bookshop her, thing. Yeah. Her sister runs an LGBT bookshop. So we can actually get them sent to us. I will send you the Marxist argument for LGBTQ, but then you must also read it. That so this is a, might be quite useful. This is a blood pact that you have to sign with Sophie, Dan. So is, you, is it short? But the, to be well, fair, Sophie, you can answer that in the comments. It's written for lefties, so it probably will be. I'd be worried about blood packs because that might be contaminated. Well, yeah. not Sophie. No, but if it's that's, that's what the that's I'm telling you, that's what the I in it in. In the alphabet, people is for. Yeah. So Sophie again says, once again, my sister's LGBTQ plus book cafe. Ah, oh, that's a cafe. So you can enjoy uh, a nice latte while you drink it. While you, and, uh, and, and, you can drink your coffee while you drink in the knowledge. At, while reading pederasty porn. It's not books. It's not books they sell. It's pins, flags, and scarves. That's the majority of their income. Yeah, because like I say, nobody reads anymore. All, and to be honest, if yeah. this is what they're going to be getting, if this is what they're going to be reading, fine. Fine, leave the books, yeah. leave the books to the kino gentleman like myself. It, it could be worse. They could be pop-ups. Mm. Someone online, taking porn out of elementary schools is not bunning, uh, banning books, exactly. Well, it technically is, but it's a good thing. Bleach Demon, if you listen to Taylor Swift's new album while reading This Book is Gay, you can achieve peak progressivism. Admittedly, the new album's not that great. Okay, it is it's very lefty, but, you know. Of course it is. Cool summer's good. Omar Awards, uh, leftists believing their books are banned as an extension of their view that anything other than direct affirmation of their ideology is oppression. The alphabet people books are a matter of representation to them because half of them identify as the child being groomed and the other half as the rapist broadening their horizons. <laughs> the, the, the sad thing is that that's true. Yeah. That's, what, that's what Philip Tanza said to Carl. The reason, reason that some of the LGBT alphabet people are they can justify being more flexible towards paedophiles, let's put it that way, is because when they were younger, they were attracted to the older version of their same sex, so then in their heads they can wrap the idea around, well, he might be younger and attracted to me, so it's just like, that's the most stomach-churning logic you'd ever imagine. So, yeah, yeah that, they genuinely do. These are self-inserts. Mm, probably. Oh. Have we got any more Locus, comments, wait, or can I read some more? Wait, one, one second, no. Locust Eater... Yeah says, what? No school reading of the Anarchist's cookbook? I am shook. Sophie also says, Mein Kampf should have been on that shelf. Just saying. And I, and I dare you, Barnes and Nobles. The interesting thing is, though, you can get Mein Kampf from basically every Waterstones in England. Even the one in Swindon has a copy of it. Really? It's yeah. actually a very easy book to get a hold of. I wonder if they'll get him in for a signing. <sighs> Grant Gibson, there were two male penguins in a zoo that got an egg from a female penguin that was too depressed to look after it. These people understand in the core of their being that zoos absolutely mess up the psychology of animals, but all that goes out the window when the zoo animals do something that supports their agenda. Finally, citizen f uh, philosopher Detroit says, yeah, but if we got kids to read things like Heinlein, Lewis, or Tolkien, they might begin to think freely. Shudder. Have we got enough time left to go back to the pigeon We've got Probably minute. about, yeah, about a minute. Right. Baba God Doc say, make light day and light show face. Baba God say, delight makes sense. So Baba God separate delight from the darkness. He called delight day, con call darkness night, and evening plus morning pass. Hang on, I have to wait for it to load now. Give me a minute. And with that, thank you All very right. much for watching. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Dan yeah. won't be reading more from the Pigeon Bible, so you'll have to what a pity survive. But uh, I am gonna, I am gonna order it though. I'm not being. He's gonna into carry this. it by his heart. We should do a book club on this. Take care and goodbye. Cheerio.